As you guys may or may not know, taking care of your teeth is pretty important. So our friends over at Green Mountain Dental Group are actually giving away a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam. That's right, you simply have to take care of your teeth for Green Mountain Dental Group to hand over a free Sonicare. Check them out today online or call 303-988-0711 to schedule your appointment today. What's up, guys? Welcome into the DMVR Nuggets podcast. We are presented, as always, by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. Harris Wind and Brendan Vote here at Pepsi Center. To recap this Nuggets win, 111-105. I don't know if there's anything that constitutes a bad win, but this was an ugly one, man. The Nuggets blew a 20-point lead that they had in the first half. I think they were up by 16 in the fourth. I don't know. Give me your your first kind of thought from this one uh mary yokemas right we found some coal in the stocking today yeah uh, you're right not a great win um but a win's a win i i don't know i mean if you want to try to do real analysis the third quarter defense was obviously horrendous that's probably some we've seen a pattern i think there with this nuggets team um but outside of that this was just a game that was devoid of all life and fun yeah so i mean what happened in this one was denver outscored new york 33 to 22 in the first quarter had a pretty good second quarter the bench was solid i thought porter had a, a pretty good stint in in the second and, yeah. and we'll talk about his night more in a little bit but the nuggets went into halftime with i think a 16 point lead and then the knicks outscored the nuggets 33 to 20 in the third quarter and honestly you know a lot of the kind of symptoms we've seen of Bad Nuggets offense and bad Nuggets defense at times this year, although the defense has been really good for most of the year, kind of showed up in that third, and then the fourth was just an absolute rock fight. Yeah, Nuggets outscored the Knicks 24-21 in the third to barely get this one. But I guess kind of the overall theme of this near collapse, Michael Mullen talked about this last night after the win over the Thunder, but this team has a little bit of a propensity to give away big leads. Right. I mean, how much of that do you think is this team? How much of that do you think is just the NBA where a lot of teams go on runs? You know, I think it's a little more of the latter than we think in Nuggets Nation. I think we all sort of exist in our respective bubbles with the teams we root for, follow on Twitter, etc. Um, but there's still something to the fact that the Nuggets are, are prone to this. Mm-hmm. Although Jokic joked in the locker room after the game tonight, I'd rather be up. And it's true. There were a lot of come from behind or or fourth quarter finishes last year. And um, at least there are those big leads. But, yeah, they just don't seem to have that killer instinct that you associate with an elite team. Yeah, it's definitely a problem for this team. I I do think it's also the type of thing where, you know, in the NBA, runs happen. And uh, the Knicks went on a big one in that third quarter. I think Jokic is like the biggest proponent of saying, yeah, runs just kind of happen in this right. sport, and teams are going to get hot, and you're going to get down. So, yeah, it happens. So it goes, right? Yeah. But there's, I think there's still the third quarter thing. Um, if they want to be beating the elite teams and hanging with the elite teams, it is going to be a four-quarter effort in the playoffs, and you do want to sort of build those habits now. But one of the reasons I like having locker room access, after a game like this, you go in there, they're not worried. I mean, we're going to sweat the details of, of that collapse. I don't think the players are worried at all. I think it's just another game, just another win. Mm-hmm. And they know that, that they're better than the way they played in the second half. 
Katie, don't zip that up yet. What is that jersey? That's an incredible jersey. Sorry, I just got to see no, it. Really Thanks for Jedi. Jedi, 80, and Yoda, Yoda on the back. Katie Wingy with the Star Wars themed jersey Solid tonight. Solid Star Wars content. On, um, eBay like three years ago when I first got here. Yeah. And it was the only one, and it is... One of one? One of one, and it is... Wow. That's so great. Star Wars Day came early this year. I thought that was a May thing. I saw somebody put on Twitter, I think the Knicks writer for The Athletic, Mike Vinokurov. Yeah, yeah. That he's been on this road trip with the Knicks, and like his last three or four stops, it's all been Star Wars night. Yeah. Um, I just... That's a way to get people to the arena when you're playing the Knicks. (laughs) (laughs) I just think it's uh, interesting that we've got this new Star Wars film coming out, and all of a sudden we push it up from May to December. I don't know where Star Wars Day goes on my calendar. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Very timely. Right. Take care, Katie. Katie. <laughs> uh, let's talk about Jokic's night. We gave him our, our game ball this evening. High score for the Nuggets, 25 points, 10 of 22 shooting, 10 rebounds, 5 assists. He, here's what stuck out to me about Jokic's night. Um, 11 in the fourth, obviously, so he did most of his damage in the fourth. Denver really leaned on him, and, and I like how he kind of took command of the offense in the fourth. He spent a lot of time in the post yep. tonight, I thought. Yeah, I a think, lot of post ups. I think we've seen things trending in that direction uh, since the Boston game. For me, he's been more aggressive near the rim, and I'm sure that's exhausting. I don't think any player loves to spend all their. T- Julius Randle likes to bang, but I think most guys don't love to to be down there too much. Um, but Jokic is too dominant not to, you know, not just scoring, but but forcing guys to collapse on him that far underneath the rim. So. That is the most encouraging thing, I think, from this game, from the last few games offensively. Let's spend a little time on Jokic, because we didn't record after, uh, or at least, I don't, you didn't, guys didn't do a podcast after the Thunder game, right? Nope. Yeah, so uh, after the Thunder game, obviously a lot of talk about Jokic, how he's in better shape right now, how he's shed some pounds. Malone said that after the game. It's just obvious looking at the guy. He against the thunder he was moving out there yep, i mean his 100%. feet were moving quick he was sprinting up and down the floor he had this one sequence where uh the thunder missed a shot i think jeremy grant got the rebound and he sprinted 94 yeah. feet and absolutely pinned nerland's noel under the bucket and then got the basket he's had a lot of sequences like that and i i think something clicked for Jokic. you know maybe a month ago or something sure. or, or three weeks ago where maybe he, he wasn't in the shape he wanted to be in. He was obviously dragging a little. The offense was terrible. And I think he felt a lot of responsibility for that. And sure enough, he started lifting weights after games and it seems like he has dropped a lot of weight and he's playing with, he's just playing at a different speed right now. And um, it, it's been definitely a big development as of late. Yeah, I wonder if his plan was to just wait until the playoffs and then lose that weight. <laughs> yeah. That plan got bumped he up, had a to little bump bit. It up a little bit. He was tired of hearing everyone's complaints. No, there's no doubt. He looks, I think, as good as he's looked, you know, physically, about as good as he looked in the playoffs last year. Like you said, he's lifting after games, but it's the energy. Uh, he's cutting hard, like mm. beating dudes with bursts of speed, mm-hmm. and I'm not being facetious. And But also defensively, too. That He was a turnstile for the first three, four games, but... Uh, he, he's been really good defensively and high effort defensively, and he busts it up and down the court in transition. So there's a motivated Jokic right now, and in that sense, you can almost feel a weight that's been lifted in the locker room, I think. Yeah, he's had these like landmark moments a lot throughout his career. 
I always think back to when Paul Millsap was here and Millsap came back from that uh, wrist injury late in the year and Jokic was trying to like, you know, just I- incorporate Millsap any way he could and right. kind of step aside to get Millsap in a rhythm. And Millsap had this one-on-one chat, this heart-to-heart with Jokic who pretty much said, hey, you're the offense. Don't worry about me. Just play your game and I'll fit in around you. That was one, uh, I think, obviously, his close to two seasons ago was one and then his playoff run last year was a big landmark moment him kind of taking ownership for I think some of Denver's early season struggles and just kind of shifting into another gear here in uh early December might be another for sure I mean he knows I think he understand. he would prefer a faceless army he would prefer mm-hmm. a team that doesn't need him to be doing this that a team that you know guys are stepping in and filling roles and and, and there's they're not skipping a beat no matter who's in there. Um, but that's not really how the NBA works when you're kind of debating the margins of greatness between teams. They need him to be at his best for them to be at their best. And I do think we are seeing signs of, of Jokic understanding that, maybe for the first time in his career. Um, and this is a more technical point, but in his last five games, Jokic is shooting a little bit better from three. Yeah. Um, 35% on five attempts per game. Not where it needs to be yet, but, you know, he was missing a lot of bunnies, shots near the rim earlier in the year. Then he saw them fall, and that monkey was off his back. I think we're getting closer in the three-point department to that that rim opening up for him. That's a good point. We're moving in the right direction there. It's two of five from three tonight. I like that he's still taking them. Me too. I think that's big with him. Me too. I mean, look, he hit those consistently at a really high clip in the playoffs, and it was a big part of what their offense was at that point. So... I don't think he can just resign to this slump. I think he has to shoot his way through it, and I think we're getting there. Definitely. So Jokic got the game ball tonight. A guy we almost gave the game ball to, Will Barton. Mm. 16-9-4, two steals, a block tonight. We've spoken about just how well he's played this entire season on both ends of the floor, but he was at it again tonight. Anything in particular stick out from his game to you? Defense and rebounding. I mean, same way – the stuff that stuck out all year. Yeah. This is a guy who's supposedly undersized for his position. But how many times do the Nuggets need a really big defensive rebound and he's there? Yeah. Especially tonight, I thought. He's so active. He's playing harder than any Nugget. But I, I, I wrote this in the game grades last year, or last night, rather. I think the most important development in, in terms of what he's doing this year is his understanding of when he needs to have his foot on the gas pedal and when it's time to dial it back. I think he's in full control in that sense. Yeah. The number one guy in defensive RPM this season, Will Barton. Do you know his number two? Is it Paul Millsap? That's Paul Millsap. <laughs> Yoke snuck in that list somewhere, right? I think yeah. He, yeah, yeah. Will Barton, number one in DRPM this year. Yeah, that's probably um, far from gospel, those defensive metrics. But no doubt. I mean, he's he has been a top 40 player in the NBA, I think. Mm-hmm. Two, two-way player in that sense. Well, so. I think the rebounding bumps him up a lot in that stat. Obviously, plus-minus helps a lot, too. Um, but, you know, there are a lot of... I think there's it's become sort of like trendy to dismiss defensive rebounds as an empty stat, mm-hmm. but that's not true. There are a lot of defensive rebounds that matter a lot. Especially, well, there's a lot of tough defensive rebounds to be had late in close games, yes, too. Yes, yes. And, and that was what I was going to say. Barton's contributions are timely. It seems when... when Guys are standing around waiting else for someone to make a play. Barton has stepped up more often than not. Yeah. Played with a lot of emotion tonight, I thought. Yes. When Denver really wasn't getting that from anybody in the third one, everybody had their heads down and was kind of just 
sludging around the yeah. court. He was clapping. He was. Th- he had that massive alley oop to Mason Plumlee. Mm-hmm. He was barking at him all the way down the court. He was hyped. Yeah, and I think the Nuggets need a little bit of that. The, the last few games, I think even going back to Philly. Guys have looked kind of dazed in late game situations, and he's been the guy that's like, "Hey, let's wake up. This is a winnable game." You know, they definitely looked dazed late in this one Oof. over the final thirty seconds when Michael Malone had to burn two timeouts trying to get the ball in bounds, and then, my God, I know Mike Miller is an interim coach in New York who's trying to make uh, an impact here and get the job full time, but I don't know if calling a timeout with four point eight seconds left down eight. You didn't think they were going to win the game? Get him the job. <laughs> I wondered if that was maybe Malone. I know they were having trouble getting the inbounds pass in. I don't know if either of those timeouts were necessary. Yeah. After the second one, I think I think Miller was just sending a little screw you message. <laughs> but God, the fans were there was that thousands of fans still standing there. I wanted to be like, go home, guys. Yeah. You've seen all there is to see. My guy in the uh, Knicks, my, my 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 guy who was the Knicks fan in the paper bag over his head with the fire dawn on it outrage can you please elaborate on that so there was this knicks fan and i tweeted out a video of this and a picture of this and he actually quote tweeted me so you can look him up on twitter and i retweeted his quote tweet so if you want to find out who this guy is um i'm guessing lives in denver and i'm he's also obviously a knicks fan uh, but he was pretty much walking around the entire arena and he made it around the whole arena tonight walking up and down every single aisle so he would walk down one aisle, walk back up it, pose for a couple pictures with some fans, go the concourse over to the next section, walk down the next aisle, walk back up it, and did this around the entire arena. Like in lieu of watching the game. He did not watch the game tonight. No. This was it his was mission. bigger than the game. It was, <laughs> <laughs> it was more important than the game. I don't want to uh, – Peter Testa, if you're listening to this. I don't want to rain on your parade. You don't really fire owners. He has to sell the team. I don't know if this says more about – like his dedication or a Pepsi Center security for just allowing him to go down every row. It's like the sir, sixth aisle. I think it should have been pretty clear. Uh, sir, can I see your tickets? <laughs> yeah, stuff? no, not one person <laughs> asked him for a ticket. I guess when you have a paper bag over your head with the fire dolan, you just don't get questioned. By I Pepsi think, yeah, I don't know. At a certain point, they're just like, let's just let this guy do his thing. All right, I want to get back to the game. Talk about Porter's night as well. Today on the podcast that we're talking about the Strawberry Sky from Breck Brewing, one of my favorites. Mm. It's light, it's tasty, it's flavorful. I'm sure Michael Malone would enjoy a couple after how this second half ended, but make sure to check it out from Breck Brewing. Just one of the tons and and tons of great beers that Breck has uh, in their vault. And uh, yeah, I love Strawberry Sky on every single occasion. Yeah, a little out of season right now, I'll be honest. But yeah, when, it's when, it's a summer beer for sure. When but. that sun comes back out, Strawberry Sky is a must inclusion to your beer selection. And before we go any further, gotta tell you guys about Mile High Green Cross. There are friends, friends of the uh, friends of DNVR, obviously, and these guys offer an experience that you won't forget. Mile High Green Cross has award winning products. Check out this year's Cannabis Cup winning products when you head to their website, Mile High Green Cross. Also offers a variety of CBD products. From edibles to concentrates to cartridges, they pride themselves on their customer service and it shows. Every single time you pop in, you will receive one-on-one attention with one of their seasoned sales associates. Not to mention they have everyday low prices on in-house products like $99 pre-pack ounces and V3 hash oil. Bulk deals five cartridges for 100 bucks. Seems like a pretty great deal. 
Mile High Green Cross offers out-the-door pricing. What they advertise is what you pay. No cash, no problem. Mile High Green Cross now accepts hyper. What's even better is the amount of time you spend in the dispensary. On average, the time you walk in from the time to you walk out is only nine minutes. I know that's super important for me in my hectic, crazy life. They are informative and speedy, so head downtown today to check out Mile High Green Cross. They are conveniently located at 9th and Broadway, and they also offer parking in the back. And of course, tell them who sent you. All right, back here on the DNVR Nuggets podcast presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. Harrison Wind and Brendan Vote here, Monday edition of the show. Let's talk about Mike Porter. Mm. The rookie gets in for 11 minutes tonight, 9.8 rebounds, two assists. Post game, he was wearing a pretty fly Puma jumpsuit. Yeah, he's got a, a, a very <laughs> large and extensive jumpsuit collection. I At max, I have owned one jumpsuit. He's got. I, I think I I got one thing that might qualify as a jumpsuit. It's like one of those Nike Tech Fleece sweatpants with the sweatshirt. But th- that's not even in his ballpark of like teal and pink and black jumps. In the sixth grade, I had a bowl cut, and I swear to God, my mom sent me to school in an all gray navy jumpsuit, old navy <laughs> grout fit. I did not have MPJ swag. Um, but but Porter. I thought he had some good moments tonight. We've talked about the offensive rebounding a lot, how aggressive he is on the glass. Four offensive rebounds tonight, eight rebounds total in 11 minutes. Almost had a double-double, finished with nine points as well. What what else did you notice from his night? I feel like he is thinking a little less out there, mm-hmm. um, particularly offensively. He's been adamant about his approach being on, on the little things, on defense, on rebounding, really since media day. But obviously we heard Malone's comments recently about how he wants him to shoot more. He wants him to feel confident. I think we're seeing a, an MPJ who on the offensive end has relaxed and is just trying to score now, which does come naturally to him. Yeah, and I've said this before too, but when Denver is just running read and react stuff, yeah. he's uh, he's very timely on his cuts. Uh, I think his spacing has been pretty good for the most part. Sure. Uh, and then, you know, where he struggled at times, and I thought it was interesting, he admitted to this post game. Uh, he said, quote, last game when I was at the four, I didn't have the plays down like I should have. So I was thinking too much. At the NBA level, you just got to play free. So uh, he said tonight that the toughest part for him to pick up on at the NBA level is the terminology. And I think the eye test probably backs it up. That's what we've sure. been saying a lot. Yeah, I mean, he said um... – you know, the physical stuff will take care of itself. Basketball will take care of himself. But, yeah, yeah I mean, it's clear that he's not entirely sure what a lot of the calls are, where he's supposed to be. And I don't want to hammer him too hard for that because I do think he'll catch up. But it is worth noting, like, he was around last year, you know. I mean, he, in terms of being around an NBA team and getting used to terminology, he's had time. So that is somewhat concerning, but... I'm going to give him a a pass on all this stuff because I think he's just so tight physically and mentally given how short the leash has been. Yeah, and I know this is a long ways from now, but if we're looking ahead to, say, the playoffs, if he doesn't know the plays, he probably can't be out there. Sure. You know? Absolutely. So, yeah, he has the regular season, and he doesn't have the entire regular season because he's got to get up to speed here over the next, I'd say, month or so, but... You know, this is the problem. He's he's got to kick. You know, he he's got to learn the place. It's happened almost once a game, right? Once an appearance, and yeah. and it's it's that's something that's got to change. But 
Um, you know, I don't he he looked good tonight. Look, nine points uh, and eight rebounds in ten minutes, ten ten and change. And really, I don't think the starters did him any favors tonight. You know that, that there should have been, in theory, a big second half lead and maybe fifteen plus for MPJ. Right. This game should have been so much in hand that Bol Bol would have had time to run right. back to the locker room or. Actually, no. Bobo was not here tonight. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Was not in, not here at all. Uh, no, this game should have been very uh, much in hand by the fourth, and, and MPJ should have got, gotten a lot more run as for the same with the rest of Denver's bench. Uh, so he got in in the first stint in the first half. Denver was up by eleven, and they pushed the lead up to twenty with him in there, which was a great sign. Uh, and then the Knicks came back a little in the second quarter. I think he finished like a plus four in the first half. Could have been a little more, but I felt like that was a good stint. And then I, I thought, you know, Malone had his back going back to him in the second half yeah. when the game was tight. Yep. And, I mean, it's just a little thing, but, you know, trusting him to be out there and just kind of, Know, throwing him out there when the game was tight because he could have could have kept them on the bench. Yeah, out there with the starters with the game on the line. I do think that has to go a long way for MPJ. I think there's been a, a, a small change in MPJ, kind of maybe he can see the light at the end of the tunnel now, given the way Malone's played him and talked about him publicly. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe, maybe a little confidence starting to seep in. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so we'll see what ha- happens on the uh, Michael Porter Jr. front going forward. But my read on it is uh, I would expect him to play, you know, minimum, like the kind of minutes he did tonight, 11 you know, going forward over the next couple of weeks. And I say that and then realize he kind of got his minutes cut against the Thunder. So it's right. kind of beating a dead horse by now. I mean, Malone has said that he's going to roll with him and let him play through his mistakes. But. You know, game to game, it obviously can be a little different. Yeah, it is. It, it is a game to game type deal for sure. Yeah. So no Paul Millsap tonight for a second straight game, and his injury something to do with his quad, right? Quad soreness, something quad strain, something like that. Yeah. Um, but doesn't seem to be serious. Malone said so pregame, and uh, you know Jeremy Grant's stepped in pretty nicely. I think at uh, power forward, doing pretty much what I thought he would do and uh, Denver stars have been pretty good with him in there but I think what Denver resting Millsap these last two games and what that probably says is like you know maybe these are resting him because you know he's a little injured but more I think more so it's a little load management for him they don't need him to play if he's not 100 percent you know yeah absolutely and I think we're in this sort of that stretch of the schedule now where you can think about doing that um and I think Gray's been okay I mean defensively and as a rebounder he's he's really nowhere near Millsap's level yeah. um and and that does matter but no he's filled in nicely Jokic said he doesn't really feel like they were skipping a beat with him out there um so i you know he, he he's done a good job but i i don't know i i still haven't seen quite as much out of grant as i was expecting this season I mean, particularly these last two games with Jokic i still think he could be a much bigger part of the offense but hey if you're winning games and he only takes six shots I mean, I guess that's fine. Based on what you've seen from him this year, if I was to say Jeremy Grant next season it will be the Nuggets starting power forward, just just based on what you've seen from this year off the bench with the starters, how would you feel about that? Uh, it 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 better be a good deal. It should be a team friendly deal. I would say. Yeah. I mean, he can he, you know, I believe in 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 sort of his ceiling with this team, and mm-hmm. you know, I that's obviously far from a disaster. But I don't think you want to overpay Grant, who who has not been 
the fit we envisioned. Yeah, he hasn't been the fit right off the bat, but I still believe that in two, three months, we could look at him and say, wow, this guy could definitely be the starting power forward next year. I I still think there's obviously a lot of room for him to grow in terms of in terms of how he fits with this offense. And I would not be surprised if he grows into that over the rest of the year. Yeah, and I mean, you've been all over this. It's sort of maybe unfair to blame his own struggles on him when he's been a part of a bench unit that's really struggled all year mm-hmm. and has only recently changed those sub patterns. Uh, speaking of the bench, how about Mason Plumley tonight, yeah, dude? definitely. 14 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists, 3 offensive rebounds. And he was 6 of 8 from the field. Um, among their best players, among the best players on the floor tonight. Yeah, he was good, and obviously he's seeing his minutes go up with Millsap out. and um, Some serious Jokic Plumley run tonight. Yeah, and you know, I was thinking about this, and I want to talk about Woj's comments about the Nuggets that he had on that trade show today with Zach Lowe. But this is a reason why I think it's going to be really tough for Denver to bring themselves to trade Plumley. I know. You know. When he is good, it's like, it's it's something they really need. He Mason Plumley, you know, for his faults, whether that be a little bit like some of the shortcomings he has had on the defensive end of the floor or, you know, where what he takes away from you on offense at times, he's a guy who can just eat up a lot of minutes. Yep. He can eat up 30 plus minutes a night if you need him to and, you know, come out as a positive like he did tonight. And I know it was against the Knicks, but you know, he's done this before, and um, just how he eats up minutes and just kind of is a, a really consistent buy that the Nuggets trust. That's why, if Denver holds on to him this entire season through the deadline, that's why they will, in my opinion. I mean, let's thought experiment it with tonight, right? Let's say Millsap is injured or they would like to rest him. How do you spin that with yeah. that Plumley? you know? You've got Vanderbilt, who, you know, it, it's pretty apparent the Nuggets don't, see him as a guy who who is capable of giving them rotation minutes right, right now at least or I think he would have played a little you know yeah. just just so you're not playing Plumlee 34 and Jokic 36 right um he's obviously he's not there yet it doesn't seem like he is obviously Bull Bull's not there or close to being there in my opinion uh so Plumlee he's he's needed a little and he there's this dynamic with Plumlee I think where the low points are so frustrating, and and God, do those misses seem to clang off the rim particularly loudly? Yeah, that I think it kind of clouds the way we evaluate him because I, the truth is, he might be their best bench player, and I do think that without him playing at a high level, um, this whole rotation kind of changes for the worse. So I know the the Plumley idea has been kicked around in trade talks a lot because he's that contract size is an expiring. That's a genuine asset, but mm-hmm. I think he's still an asset on the court for Denver. Yeah, and if they were to deal him, they would have to either get a true backup center that they were comfortable with or get somebody off the buyout market. Or they have to be feeling a lot better about Bull Bull than we know. Yeah, which I don't really see yeah. happening. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Plumlee had a nice night. Jamal Murray, 14 points, 5 of 14 from the field. Here's what he's done in these games since coming back from that trunk contusion. And he suffered that against Philly, only played five minutes, and then exited for the rest of the game. 12 points against Portland on 36.5% shooting from the field. 14 points against the Thunder on 40% shooting from the field. Then 14 against the Knicks on 35.7% from the field. He hasn't been the same since that injury. And um, 
Yeah, I, I don't. I feel like he's probably a little under one hundred one hundred percent right now, but not the same Jamal Murray lately. It seems like I think there were two waves of injuries. He hurt himself. Was it in the Memphis game? Maybe I want to say a few weeks ago, and then obviously in that Philly game. Um, and then he was banged up at the end of the Thunder game. <laughs> He was lying down on the bench at the end of the Thunder game and uh, listed as probable uh, tonight yeah, and obviously been, played. He spends a lot of time at, um, as questionable or, or on the ground. He tweeted tonight, uh, just 56 minutes ago, Harrison, uh, Wilson Chandler had tweeted, never take your health for granted. And Jamal quote tweeted it saying, definitely seeing that now. Hmm. I think he's feeling it. I think he's yeah. a little banged up and... You know, Jamal is, in his own words, Malone's warrior. Um, (laughs) But they have a capable backup point guard, and I do wonder sometimes if there are maybe – maybe you look to get Jamal some rest here if Mm. you can. um, That guy, a lot is asked of him, and and he spends a lot of time trying trying to limp it off, I think. Yeah, a lot has been asked of him this year with how bad the offense has been at times. He's been tasked with just making something out of nothing. We forget early in the season when Jokic couldn't be bothered. I mean, a lot of it was just Jamal, what can you give us tonight, mm-hmm. you know? So I, I yeah, I mean, I, I wonder if they look to get him some rest, but with the way these games are going, I mean, I don't know. I doubt it. I doubt it. All right, before we go any further, got to tell you guys about some game-changing coffee. Strava Craft is the CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives. Their reviews are incredible, so make sure you check them out. This CBD-infused coffee, it's taken away Long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS, self-decreasing anxiety, you name it. CBD is also all-natural, not psychoactive. The coffee is rich and tasty. We couldn't recommend it anymore to our listeners. As Strava says, drink deeply, live fully. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use the code DNVR20 at checkout, and you'll get it shipped straight to your door. All right. Harrison Wint here and Brendan Vote on the DNVR Nuggets podcast presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits wrapping up on this game. I don't know. That's really all I got for uh, what happened on the Nuggets side. I thought Marcus Morris stood out for the Knicks. Marcus Morris is definitely trying to get traded from the Knicks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he looked good tonight. 22 points, 8-18, pretty much saying, uh, any contender, please pick me up. I thought Alfred Payton played well, too. Mm -hmm. Um, Makes a difference for them to have him healthy back in there. But, yeah, the Knicks are not good. Um, Denver's meltdown notwithstanding. Look, man, I don't think there's a lot of basketball takeaways to be had from this game. I think we can crumple it up and move on. Yeah, how I want to end today's show. So Woj and Zach Lowe had one of their uh, pre-trade deadline trade season shows. And the one tidbit (laughs) about Denver that kind of came out of that Woj said Denver would like to get more minutes and an expanded role for Michael Porter Jr. He says teams around the league believe Malik Beasley is also available. Uh, just Malik Beasley is available. Doesn't expect wholesale changes, though. Nothing surprising there. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not a hard source guy, but that is congruent um, with everything I've heard. And not that I've heard that Beasley is available per se, but, um, you know, they are – there are some people that would like to see Michael Porter Jr. play, and it may have to be via trade, and I think we've all been sort of kicking that idea around, so not surprising. And obviously Malik is just too talented um, with free agency coming up to be hanging out at the end of the bench without a role. If they're not going to play him, you do have to move him for an asset. Right. Malik Beasley, definitely on the trade block. Yeah. And um, he, I think, will definitely be moved – you know, outside of just a major, major injury, I'd say to Denver's backcourt. That would really be the only thing in my mind that could keep him on the scene past the deadline. 
where it gets tricky is, I mean, you'd like to consolidate, right? I mean, I, I think about Malik Beasley as a guy who could fetch you a first-round pick, but you want him to be part of a, a, a larger deal, right, with multiple pieces where maybe you're clearing up some roster spots or, or <sighs> rather some rotation minutes, I should say. Yeah, well, it's tricky. It's tricky, like you said, because I feel like the main objective of a trade, if Denver does go down that route, which I think they will, is to free up more minutes for Porter. But, you know, if you're going to offload two guys in Beasley and Wancho, they're already not playing. So that doesn't really open up any more minutes for Porter. And if you bring back a player in said deal that obviously doesn't open up any more minutes for Porter here's something I think would be interesting if Denver explored and we've talked about this before you get a first rounder in some way I think they can get a first round pick from Malik Beasley I think they would have been able to in years past and I think they can right now they get that pick and then they you know see if Porter can grab hold of some more minutes and if that doesn't work you look to use that first round pick closer to the deadline mm. because bringing back another player that doesn't obviously give Porter more minutes. And I think it could help out the bench unit, but you know, it just kind of keep things pretty crowded. Yeah. I mean, I think the goal is to try to, it's not just for Michael Porter jr. I think you want to make Michael Malone's job a little easier here. You want to start working, inching closer to knowing who your eight guys are. Right. Mm-hmm. And in that playoff rotation, um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> One of the many times where I'm grateful that I'm not an executive, Harrison, yeah. because I don't know what the right call is here. All right, anything else that uh, you want to hit on before we get out I'm of just going to go real quick down the schedule, ask you what you think. Okay. We'll go up to Christmas here. So the Magic are in town on Wednesday. That's a win. That's a win. What about the Timberwolves in town on Friday? That's another win. Wow. So they're in, they're in L.A. on Sunday, 12-22. That's probably a loss, That's right? a loss. What about in Phoenix on the 23rd? On a back-to-back, I'll say that is a loss. Me too. But then I think they roll Christmas Day over the Pelicans. I agree. All right, so three and two over the next stretch. That's good. I mean, that's given the last two wins, I think that's kind of what we envisioned when we looked at this stretch of schedule. I do think they lose both of those road games, but uh, the sky is not falling, Harrison. Yeah. So they got the win tonight over the Knicks, uh, an ugly win, 111-105. Not quite the December 15th moment we imagined, but a win's a win. Denver 17-8, and 11-3 at home. Where are they in the West right now? They are fourth. They're tied with Dallas. All right. Fourth in the West. All right, I think that's all we got for today. Thanks for listening, guys. Hey, throw us a quick five-star review on iTunes if you get a second. really helps out the show. really helps us grow the show. And uh, if you got questions, if you're a DNVR subscriber, leave them in the comment section on this podcast. We'll get to them on Tuesday's show. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Hey guys, before we get out of here, Total Beverage is giving the DNVR fam 30% off of your purchase of $25 or more with the max discount applying up to $75. Use code DNVR2019 online or on the Total Beverage app. Make sure you download it today. As you may or may not know, Total Beverage delivers to most of the metro area, all the way from Lakewood to Boulder and from Aurora to Brighton. And they have the lowest prices in the state. Plus, they now offer CBD products. That's right, from drinks to gummies, you can enjoy CBD products on your next visit. 
Don't let this offer pass you by. Order today and receive 30% off your purchase of $25 or more with a max discount applying up to $75. Better yet, don't leave the comfort of your home and get it delivered.